Blog Talk Radio. Chicago's Black, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, for Tuesday, February 11, 2014. This broadcast is designed to service the African-American communities in Chicago and around the world. Today's segment is called CBBN Business Journals. CBBN Business Journals will feature interviews with business owners and other innovators from around the world. I'm Sonia Cassandra Perdue, author of Black America, Asking Ourselves the Tough Questions, book one, now available on Amazon.com, and at our blog on AskingOurselvesTheToughQuestions.com. I'm also producer for this series and founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Now, Chicago's Black Business Network is a social media management and training business organization. As we grow, we are defining, redefining what we do, and that's just natural in life. You have to look at where you are and where you want to go at all times. We are changing the way that Chicago connects, and we'll talk about that some more on some upcoming shows. You can visit us and look at our mission and what we're doing at Chicago, that's Chicago with an S, Chicago's Black Business Network.com, and be a part of all that we do. With us today is future Congressman Jimmy Lee Tillman II, who will represent the 1st Congressional District of Illinois. Uh, I'm happy that he took the time out of his busy busy schedule to be with us today. And I want you to know that he is the son of notable Chicagoans, Dr. Jimmy Tillman and Alderman Dorothy Tillman. Jimmy Lee is the founder of the Martin Luther Republicans, and we want to talk to him about that a little bit more as well. But more importantly, we want to talk about his run for Congress in this district in Illinois that was lost and the only race lost by the now-sitting president, And we want to talk to him about what his plans are for that congressional district. Just a little FYI on the 1st Congressional District of Illinois. As I told Mr. Tillman, I'm not political, and some of you may not be as well, but we want to grow into that also. The current sitting senators are Richard Durbin and Mark Kurt, and the current representative is Bobby Rush. The boundaries are from Chicago's lakefront, all the way southwest to Joliet, Illinois, and it extends into uh, quite a few municipalities as Crestwood, Inglewood Park, Elsa, Blue Island, all the way out to Oak Forest, Calumet Park, Dixmoor, Markham, Riverdale, Country Club Hills. When I checked the figures for African-American voters in this district, it was running about 65, and that means that this is the largest African-American base in any congressional district in this country. And I want to talk to Jimmy Lee about that as well. You can follow Jimmy Lee on Twitter at Tillman2014. He just set up an account. Follow him over on Twitter at Tillman2014. Send him your messages. You uh, can direct message him there and send him your comments. And you can also listen to him every night, 7 p.m., on Jimmy Lee's Underground Railroad Show right here on Blog Talk Radio. So we're excited, we're excited to have him here today. Jimmy Lee, 
uh, <clears throat> thank you for having me on your show. It's um, interesting being on this side of the microphone. Normally, I'm on the side where you are asking the tough questions. Um, just a point of corrections, that's Jimmy Lee's Underground Radio Network. I know I'm a freedom fighter, and I do stick with Underground Railroad a lot, but it's the Underground Radio Network, and um, I'm on 8 to 10, Monday through Thursday, Saturday. I have a rebroadcast of Coffee Tea and a conversation with Dorothy Tillman, which airs on WVON, and I play that Saturday. But you can find me also on Blog Talk, Ms. Purdue, and thank you for having me on. Jimmy Lee, could you hear my introduction? I was having a little bit of technical difficulty here, so you can't hear me clearly. Oh, yes, I, I can hear you. Can you. I'm sorry, I had the phone on speaker. Let me. Is that, can you hear me correctly? Correctly, properly now. How, how do I sound now? You sound great. So you could hear my introduction. Oh, all, all the way through. I heard everything. Everything you said was excellent. Yes, I'm monitoring your show. Well, also. wonderful, wonderful. I'm, I'm glad the uh, spirit is working in our in our favor because you know how it gets sometimes. <laughs> You've been doing this quite a while now. Right, You've been doing right. this quite a while. Let, let's um, let's start at the beginning a little bit, uh, Jimmy. Before we go into the politics of it all, let's let's talk about you. Tell our listeners who is Jimmy Lee Tillman II, and then tell us about the Martin Luther King Republicans, the organization that you founded. Okay, well, um, the name speaks for itself. My name is Jimmy Lee Tillman II. I'm son of Jimmy Lee Tillman I. I've always liked to mention my father's name first because I have his name, and um, great freedom fighter and activist and um Chicago notable Alderman woman Dorothy Tillman. Those are my pedigrees. Um, I attended Mollison Elementary, which is in the second, I mean, it was first congressional district. Um, I also attended High Park Career Academy, another high school, which is also in the first congressional district. I attended Central State University, where I left there with a degree in history. Um, that's a little bit in a nutshell. I, this is my third time running for office. Um, it's my second time con- running for Congress. The first time I ran for water reclamation district here in the Cook County area was I gathered over 225,000 votes, close to a quarter of a million votes. Um, the second time I ran, first time I ran for Congress, um, it was a crowded field. We had um, the mayor from Blue Island, Dan, Dan Palacocas, and um, a guy from the west side, a black guy from the west side by the name of Fred Collins. At that time, I figured I didn't want to be in the race where two African-Americans was fighting over um, the right to represent the 1st Congressional District when the slate was stacked with um, European-Americans, African-Americans, where it was not in the favor for either of us to come out victorious. So I didn't want to be perceived as someone bringing down another African-American, so I didn't want to partake in that scrimmage. So on this time, I have the opportunity to, I guess, run unopposed. Not saying I was not looking for no competition. I just didn't want to be in a position where there were um, white candidates and black candidates discussing the rights to what we're going to do for blacks. And basically, I felt the the last election was stacked to move me out of it. But this time, the Republican Party graciously decided to give me this opportunity to show and prove what I can do. I have a group called the Martin Luther King Republicans. Now, the Martin Luther King Republicans is um, just that. There are a bunch of black conservative Democrats. Now, I say conservative Democrats now because we all are just not Republicans. There's conservative Democrats. There are um, 
conservative libertarians and moderate republicans. It's a group of black intellectuals who are dissatisfied with the course of um, action that have been been, um, delivered not only in Chicago but throughout America because we have people in Indianapolis, um, Michigan, Ohio, and um, Base base City, St. Louis, and Gulfport, Mississippi. We have um, Martin Luther King Republicans in those areas, so it's just not a Chicago thing. Um, We chose to choose the name Martin Luther King Republican because Martin Luther King was a Republican. People don't really realize that. Um, me being his And there seems to story. be some controversy about that. When I when I looked that up, uh, Google, there seems to be some controversy about it. How could there be any confusion whether or not he was a Republican or or not? It, it goes to the it goes to the um, it goes to the Negroes. Because if African Americans realize that he was that, then they would no longer vote Democrat. It's all for the votes. It's all for the numbers game. See, people fail to realize that to be in the South, it was not beneficiary to be a Democrat when George Wallace, Bull Connor, and all the governors that were preventing African Americans the right to vote were Democrats. See, we fail to realize that 45 years ago, the people that held us back were the Democratic Party. Now, if Martin Luther King was a Democrat back then, it would have been no problem for him to be siding with the people that was oppressing his people. But no, in the South, you sided with the side that won the Civil War, which was the Republican Party. And most people were Republicans because Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. You see, so most African Americans from the South, if you can go back to the history, were heavily, heavily Republican. And let me see if history does not serve me right. The ones who voted Democrat were caught up in the Klan, vote or die. If you're going to vote, you better vote Democrat or we're going to hang you, i.e. come the poll taxes, come all those things to prevent those Democrats, those excuse me, those voters for voting Republicans. So they put all those boundaries in the area. But as we can look at our history, you know, we just go back to history and see the advancement of African Americans throughout the course of history from the free from us being free from slaves from Grant, President Grant to President Lincoln through Eisenhower and all the ministry I mean, history is just history does not portray the political parties in a light which they should be portrayed. Now, I'm not saying everyone should vote Republican or everyone should vote Democrat, but everyone should vote their interests. Again, I come from a Democratic family. My mother was a Democrat, 25 years, the Third War Democratic boss. But that was because here we are in Chicago, and the situation was that the only game in town were the Democratic Party. It was a the Democratic time, game. Yeah. It was a Democratic game. So you get in where you fit in, and that was the only there – there are no Republicans here in Cook County or Chicago. And so at the time when we entered the game of politics, we were coming off the heels of um, – trying to bring Ralph Metcalf Jr. back into office. Then from that point on, the Mollison school strikes. From then from that point on, um, taste Chicago. But then from all the all the victories that we fought at that time, Chicago was just a, uh, uh, it's like it's funny if you look back in history and how Chicago was back in the early 80s, late 70s, that even the Democrats of those eras would be considered the Republicans of these eras when you have a, a Democratic city council, all Democratic city council going against the Democratic mayor, which in the Bedoliacs in the um, the Washington 29. 
And so you look at that, you look at those heated battles and stuff right there. So everyone decided to take a side. Now here we are in Chicago. We one party rule. We twenty five with twenty seven, thirty years since Harold Washington passed away, and so there are no Republicans in our way to say that it's the Republican Party who's causing our taxes to rise high or causing our our infrastructure to be falling down. It's strictly one party rule. But people find it easily to blame Republicans because they go to D.C. Not realizing that all politics are local. But before I get on my platform, a little back about the Martin Luther King Republicans. His daddy was a Republican, and it's um, if you look at his voting record, they normally vote Republican. We just didn't become full fledged into the Democratic Party until after Lyndon Johnson really signed um, the Voting Rights Act law. Even though Republicans were in the majority House and Senate and passed that bill, the president does get the nod for that. Even though when Nixon came in, all the funding that he gave to Whitney Young to keep the Urban League going on and all the money he gave to the black communication, the newspapers and the radio stuff so they can have their piece of the pie. We can go back to um, Ed Brooks and the Brook Amendment to make people get low affordable housing, Title 19, so women can be able to file for their taxes without being... I mean, you can look at all the laws that was passed for black people that affect us today. At any time in my life, there was past Republicans or with a Republican idea. Now, let's fast forward to right now, Ms. Purdue. Here we are. I say Martin Luther King Republicans because we are in the same time that Martin Luther King was in. Martin Luther King was fighting for the right to vote for African Americans. And here he is, 2014, and the Supreme Court sent down the Voting Rights Act of 65 to the House for better understanding on it. Now, me being Republican, I can say, yeah, they should have sent it back down. But then some Democrats might hear me and be like, well, that's wrong. That's voter suppression. When the Voting Rights Act says this right, this act is for blacks to not be discriminated against. And that's why the Voting Rights Act of 65 was put out, to make sure that African Americans have been discriminated against for so many years. There's a law where they would not be, with, so it would not happen again. Now, with the new term of minority, Supreme Court hasn't sent it back to get proper understanding. They would like to know to the Black Caucus or to the Congress, is this a black law or is this a minority law? Because right now in Congress, all the civil rights laws that we gained for getting hosed on, bitten by dogs, locked up in jail, and noosed around our necks for the advancement for black America, now no pun intended, no discrimination, I'm going to throw out here, but now these laws are for transgenders, Hispanics, women, Asians. The laws that were intended to right the wrongs of slavery are now being put to immigrants and sexual deviants. Not saying it's deviant sexual behavior, but if that's your sexual desire, now you're placed into a minority status, and now you can get the benefits that people died for. But now... To be progressive Democrats, you got to say, yeah, that's, let's, all, let's all be in. Let's, 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 let's do it all. Not knowing historically, historically, the Democrats was not for the right to vote. That's why the Voting Rights Act of 65 is not being reauthorized or even being talked about. And that if you muddy up all the laws that were intended for African Americans, then the laws that we never wanted to be in the first place will be easily um, taken away. You see, the Democratic Party had a real slick Absolutely. plan 
First of all, they made us not Absolutely. like Republicans no more, and then they muddied all the laws that was given to us, and then the people who want to be in the know, who want to be important, they jump on and be like, yeah, because they just like us. They just like us. When they have their own country, they have their own currency, they have their own place they can go to, and where we as a people did not even get 40 years to enjoy those rights to ourselves. Here is 45 years, Voting Rights Act 1965, here it is 50 years later, a generation of African Americans. Hey, check this out, Purdue. It's so funny. 1965, 68, the black middle class blew up the the free, the great society. Blacks are doing so well. Here we are 50 years later, and there's no black middle class. There's no black jobs. The same lifestyle that our parents lived, we cannot live no longer because that dream that was given to our parents is not given to us. Now, we can look at the Republicans and say, look what they're doing, but at the mirror and say, what are we doing to harm ourselves? And as I look around, you know, it's easy for me to blame Obama because I can, because he's the president. Like I can even give, I can, I can give Lyndon Johnson the credit for the Civil Rights Bill, even though I know the racist cracker didn't want to give free Negroes in the first place. But he gets the credit, just like John Kennedy gets the credit for. Like in African Americans, we never passed not one bill because he freed Martin King from jail. He gets that credit. He loved blacks, but you know he could have passed the bill himself. So where let, we are right let now. Let me ask you something, Jimmy. Go ahead. Jimmy, let me ask you. Sure. Let me ask you. I know you can do your platform, and everything that you that has preceded this, we need to have like ten other shows on it. Specifically, the uh, the Republican history that you're talking about, because I do know just a little bit that Dorothy Tillman grew up in that. And if anybody should know, right. then you should know. You know that she grew up right down there in the middle of that, and um, that you were actually, as I put on the show page, born into the arms of the civil rights movement and the um, Chicago politics. Tell me this, Jimmy, what do you hope to achieve by being a part of this race for Congress? We want to talk about you. We're going to do that history thing again because we don't hear this ever, and we're going to have to hear it some more. But what do you hope to achieve by being part of this race for Congress? Well, thank you for saying that because even though the election has not even begun, well it has, but you know at the March 18th, I entered the race one-on-one with um, Congressman Reverend Bobby Rush, but like I tell my supporters or my volunteers that come around me, I have already won. Now everyone declares victory. Now it all depends on what you define victory. My definition of victory is to be upon the platform with Reverend Rush articulating the issues for African Americans because no one in the black community here in Chicago, Illinois, Cook County, maybe even Joliet, I can't speak for Will, maybe even Joliet, they never get to hear what their representatives, beliefs, platforms, and what they're standing on. Normally after March, they get a pass, and then they go to D.C., or they go to Springfield, or they go to the board, county board. Leaving blacks, in the hold or holding on to hope, hoping that that individual would do what they feel that they would do, even those politicians have not even articulated what their platform is or they're not even telling you what they're going to go to D.C. and do, what they're going to go to City Hall and do or Springfield and do. We as an African-American community 
get left behind because there's no one. Chat. Okay, let me give you an example. Okay, Bobby Rush. If you, how do you feel? I'm not going to go. I'm not going to talk about Inglewood, the flyover. I'm not going to even go with the, any scandal that he's involved in. Let's not even throw that in the air. Let's go with Muammar Gaddafi. Now, Muammar Gaddafi was loved in the African American community, beloved, and a lot of African Americans were dissatisfied with his assassination or his murder or the justice that was levied upon him. Now, I would like to know. Were you with the assassination, or was you against the assassination? Either or, you have a right to let your people know, because that took place without even no explanation to the people. Or, let's go, is the health care bill okay for us, Bobby Rush? Or if it's not okay for us, Bobby Rush, can we at least know? We can go, okay, is it good to send more troops in Afghanistan, or should we pull back in Afghanistan? Is it okay should we use drones over there in Yemen, or should we stop killing Africans over there with the drones to put boots on the ground? What should we do? Or should we never know that? You see, and the sad and the sad part is our congressman. I'm not shooting, I'm not jumping on Bobby Rush, but our congressman has not been in Congress for a year. We know his wife is ill. We know this, but people need representation. You know and. The African-American community does not lose nothing with a Tillman going to D.C. because the rights and privileges of African-Americans will be upheld and will be delivered. And it's, easy, it's better to have somebody youth and vigorous than somebody on the tail end of their career. We really don't want to do Bobby Rush like he did Charlie Hayes under the same circumstances. We like to send our leaders out on top. You know, sometimes going on on top, it's bound out gracefully, and if you want to fight it out for the victory, then we can go at it, but the people deserve more. It's not a Democrat or Republican thing. It's a black thing, and who can best give resources to African Americans? Now, if the Republican Party is in the majority, and the only way you're going to get resources is having a voice in the majority, then it only makes sense for the black man to send somebody to D.C. in the majority to see if at least they can get some resources down before the black president leaves, or else we just had an excuse that we had a black president and no one asked for anything for the African-American. When I'm elected, I at least have two years to be able to see if I can bring something home from Barack Obama to either save face for the black president to say he did something for African-Americans or just to show everybody that the Democratic Party does not care about African-Americans, either or. We got to know. You know, Jimmy, tell me, I love interviews where I don't have to ask a question. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you listen to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network with our future, future congressman, Jimmy Lee Tillman II, uh, out of the 1st Congressional District in Illinois. You know that... Uh, Jimmy Lee does a show every week. Is it three hours, Jimmy, or are you doing two hours? Two hours. Two hours. I, I went to two hours because of my campaign, 8 to 10. Okay. I dropped it down from 7 okay. to 10 to 8 to 10 because of the campaign. I got you. So he does He does this uh, almost every night. So he, you know, he, he can go. It's. It's, it's, it's not going to be any stopping them. It's not going to be any stopping them. And we need we need the energy. You know, sometimes, and I don't have anything against Bobby or, you know, anybody, but if you really look at the, the truth behind the, the matter of people, if you really look at it, you got to have the energy and you got to have an understanding of what is basically going on in the right now. 
uh, as well as what went on, that is the basis of what is happening. But you got to understand what the needs of the people are right now. And basically, you, you asked one of the questions that I want to. we got five minutes, Jimmy. I just want you to know right. this is a half an hour show. I know. But, I, I watch, that's why I got off the mic quickly for your, your last minute. Go ahead. <laughs> I'll time you, uh, you too. I know how it goes. You basically answered one of the questions that I thought was very important to me. But I'm going to let you, you know, add to it in the last five minutes. Okay. If I were to visit you in office a year from um, November, a, a, a year from you being sworn in, what could your district expect from you? Well, I would have to hit the ground running because being a Democratic district, people will be looking at me and scrutinize me for every move that I make. The first three issues where I'm trying to bring to America's attention and try to bring some closure to is, one, the Voting Rights Act of 1965, because that benefits all Americans, is either, A, going to be rectified and put that it is an African-American right, or we're going to get rid of it. Two, H.R. 40, which is a study to look at the cause of slavery on African-Americans. That's in, that's in the um, Judiciary Committee. We're going to bring that vote for a vote. Three, to make sure the Tulsa, Oklahoma victims at least get some reparations or something that something to their descendants before they all pass on. Three things that can benefit African Americans will not cause that will not cause America too much grief and harm, and that will push us toward the right direction. Those are the first three things I can get real quick. It'd be difficult for me to say I'm going to bring jobs, jobs, jobs when it's going to find. I'm going to have a hard time finding my way around being my first time there. So I don't want to use that for an excuse saying. It's my first time here. I can't find my way around. So what I'm going to do is be the voice for African-Americans and push those three issues, which I think are very prevalent to our race as a whole, giving us our black president and giving us 50 years from Martin Luther King assassination, the Voting Rights Act. It's imperative to see where are we now 50 years later and to repair those damages for those that we did wrong to that are still here. Great, Jimmy Lee. We're going to do, as as this proceeds through November, uh, we're going to do some more shows, and I'm going to be sure, this is Sonia Cassandra, Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network, that this uh, show that we have right here, I like to do short shows. People, sometimes they get more out of it when it's, when it's a short show, and, and you put a lot into this, and I appreciate you taking the time, but we're going to be sure that this is distributed throughout, of our, throughout our network and that they hear the things that you just said. Even though in this half an hour you said a lot of things that are very vital, as from my personal opinion only, and that people need to hear a little bit more and that they need to hear again and again and again. So we're going to be sure that we distribute this throughout our entire network. Jimmy Lee Tillman, I want to thank you for being here, and we're going to schedule again in a couple of weeks. If you can make time for me, and I hope you can. We can do part can. one, two, three, four, Ms. Purdue, and I can bring some of my Republican <laughs> friends on to you. I got some governors you can interview. I got some state treasurers. I got some. Um, I got everybody. They probably they need some black interviews too. Everybody needs a black vote. The black vote gonna mean something this time. This black vote is gonna mean something. Our vote should not be taken for granted. You know, this time we're gonna show them something. I have no problem, Mr. Purdue. I need to bring you on my show so you can interview some of my people, too. Let's just, just make a cross show of it. Not a problem. 
Thank you, Jim and Lee. You've been listening to Chicago's Black Business Radio Network. Today's segment was CBBM Business Journal. I'm Sonia Cassandra Purdue, founder of Chicago's Black Business Network. Check our play page for upcoming shows, Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you, and we'll be back with you next week. Chicago's Black Business Radio Network, all black, all news, all you. Don't you think it's time to make your health the priority it should be? Think about all the money you spend on fast food and unhealthy meals that just get you out of shape. At less than $2 a meal, the Body by Vi Challenge helps you save money and get healthy at the same time. Real people are seeing real results. Promoter Chris Pelzer lost over 100 pounds. You can also get paid to promote the Body by Vi 90-Day Challenge. Call 773-209-4798 or watch the free video at I'mLeanIn90Days.com. We're always looking to give gifts that are meaningful. Well, here's a unique and truly personal gift idea. A handwritten journal from your mom or dad or even your sister. Or a book of personal thoughts from grandma or grandpa, written especially for their grandkids. Visit www.betweenmeandyoubooks.com. That's betweenmeandyoubooks.com. Between Me and You journals become handwritten keepsakes to be cherished forever. Order at betweenmeandyoubooks.com. Do you have a loved one who's away at an Illinois Correctional Center that would love to see you today? Let Heartstrings Express assist you. We offer two visits back-to-back. These visits include an overnight hotel stay. Visit Heartstrings2ilcorrectioncenters.com or call us now at 708-450-8252. That's 708-450-8252.